Welcome, welcome to another edition of The Whole Show, powered by Chevron. We are live from the Aloe Fiber Studios. Got a lot to get into. Angels somewhat on the mend. That's great news for you, you know? The old root canal went okay, you know, for the most part. You, you, look, you look good. You look good. Look fresh. Just, just the root. Just the root. The other half later. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they they split it up, but you said there's no pain, there, hardly any pain in the process. They no. numb you up pretty good. Well, yeah, I mean, basically the nerve under the tooth is pretty much dead, so there's yeah. no no real pain coming from there. Uh, but because of the infection, I wasn't able to get the full procedure done. So, so you got to wait a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. Get the maybe the hardest part out of the way. I hope so. Yeah, I mean, it didn't. That's what I. It was fine. Yeah. Like 45 minute procedure, numb completely, just completely numb your face, so you don't really feel anything. Uh, but yeah, I mean, dentists telling jokes to each other while mm. you're just sitting there with your mouth open, like trying to ask you questions. I'm like, well, how are you feeling oh, right now? I'm like, I hate, oh, 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 it's I, the most awkward, uncomfortable. I don't want to bite your finger off, dude. But I, I can't hate talk right now. Any kind of mouth procedure or anything like that. It just, I just, all of it, all of it's bad. Even if it doesn't hurt that bad. They were playing like some old 2000s throwback music, so that was comforting. <laughs> I'm almost like it's like when I go get a haircut. I don't want you to talk to me, really. really. I mean, maybe make me feel comfortable when I walk in and sit down, but then once you you know stretch my mouth open, and I can just feel saliva rolling down my chin, I don't I don't want to talk anymore. I'm very vulnerable at this stage. Don't ask me any questions. You know, just just no. But I'm glad you got through the first part. Step one. Now step two awaits. We got a lot to break into. I got Russell Wilson news. I got court storming stories again. I mean, are we getting to the point where that's going to come to a head? I mean, Angel, isn't court storming already banned? Don't they already say no court storming? Uh, for some conferences, it's a right now it's just a fine mm. of why like, I think the SEC is like a hundred thousand dollars or something. Um, but because of what happened over the weekend, we're going to dive back into that topic. Well, especially when you do it against a Duke player, you know, Wake Forest. Gets the win over Duke, which I think Wake Forest was actually favored to win that game. But then they they win and they go storm the, the court and Kyle Filipowski gets hurt. And I watched the video. It, it was like the Caitlin Clark thing. I Did it look like the fan was going at him to try to hurt him? No, I didn't think it was deliberate. He, he seems to think it was deliberate. Again, it's not me. I wasn't there. I'm not in it. But I would just... The logical part of my brain, which is what we pride ourselves on here at the whole show. Crazy fans that are students sprinting onto the floor as soon as the buzzer hits. I would imagine there's going to be some chaos in there. So we'll, I'll get into that. I want to I want to break into that. Interesting weekend in the basketball world. Nuggets, 3-0 since the All-Star break. Rough weekend for a couple of the teams. Although, don't look now, but the CU Buffs, they won two in a row. They kind of, I kind of felt like maybe they needed to win out or at least go four and one and win a game or two in the Pac-12 tournament. And there you go. They're two and zero since I think I had my my last conversation with Mark, Mark Johnson, the voice of the Buffs. So the the Buffs are trying to put themselves in a position to go dancing. The Rams still can't win on the road. The Bears had a huge opportunity. Nice turnout. On Saturday, huge opportunity in front of them. Just kind of faded toward the end of that game. Eastern Washington's number one for a reason. 
That's not the end of the season, though. Again, it didn't matter whether they won that game or lost that game. You want to be in the top two, but you still got to go win the tournament. That That's still priority number one, and I still think the Bears have a, a pretty decent shot at that. Russell Wilson news. Everybody's got a podcast now. I mean, everybody has a podcast, Angel. I, I don't even think I'm... I don't even think I'm stretching it. Everybody's got one. And and Russell Wilson was on Brandon Marshall's We're the Athlete podcast or whatever it is, rehashing what went down when uh, the Broncos said, hey, wave your injury clause in your contract or else we're going to bench you. And Russ said no. Russ basically saying he didn't know until that that Monday. They played the Bills on that Monday night. He didn't know whether he was actually going to start or not. But that's a weird situation. Russ saying that he still wants to be in Denver, even though he put his house on the market last week. Said that that doesn't mean we absolutely still stay here. So we'll get into that. I want to unpack that one. Poll question of the day. Should the Broncos retain or just keep Russell Wilson on the roster at this point? Go vote if you follow me on my X account, at Whole Show. Or you can vote at thewholeshow.com. On my X account, I'm showing 72% say no, 28% say yes. There is still a decent percentage of Broncos fans out there, for many reasons, would like to see Russ back with the Broncos. And and sure, perfect scenario, best case scenario for the Broncos right now is to stay with Russell Wilson. The, the, the best case scenario is that they stay with Russell Wilson and he's good. But that's the big question here. He's not good. He's okay. You're paying him to be great, and he's not even good. And, and so then you, the idea of, okay, you just cut him, take the loss, take the cap hit, draft your quarterback, move up in the first round, whatever that might look like. But no, make no mistake about it, I don't think the Broncos hate Russell Wilson from the people that I've talked to, the stuff that I've read. I don't think they dislike the guy. I don't think Sean Payton actually dislikes Russell Wilson, and they don't want to work with him. But you saw it on the field. You don't need to be a football expert to realize that Russell Wilson, he's not one of the top 10, 15 guys in the NFL. And you're paying him to be a top five guy. So something's got to give here. And and do you really believe that Russ, year three with the Broncos, year two with Sean Payton, suddenly changes? Suddenly he's faster, quicker, stronger, better? Suddenly he's hitting receivers in the middle of the field? He's reading the field better. I didn't see it. So I want to bust into that. Your thoughts on uh, Russell Wilson staying with the with the Broncos going into next season. It, you know, when he was benched the last two games, it felt like this is it. Then Sean Payton at the end of the season kind of intimated that, hey, you know, that didn't mean what you guys are making it out to mean. That's just but how can you say that? <laughs> the reasoning behind it was that. You wanted a spark on the offense. And you thought Jarrett Stidham was going to be the spark. So you thought so little of Russ's quarterbacking ability that you put in Jarrett Stidham to finish the season. When Were, you, were they mathematically eliminated when Jarrett got the start? I don't think they were mathematically eliminated. Now, it was they needed like four teams to lose, and they had to win out, essentially. And it was probably going to happen, but I, I want to say they weren't mathematically eliminated. Yeah, I think it was after the Patriots game on Christmas. Yeah. Where it was. 
okay, you really needed to win that one. Yeah, you you did need you to had win to win one. out the last three, and you needed so much help that it was just like, okay, do we go for this thing or do we do we just kind of whatever? And then maybe if we lose, we got a good draft pick here. I, I again, no inside information on this one. Just me and the outside looking in. Bench Russ, <laughs> lose the rest of the way. I don't. I don't know. I mean, if Sean Payton truly believed that Jared Stidham was the guy to provide the spark, then then you should be worried about the coaching future for the Broncos because it was the same result. Stidham looked just like Russ. They were doing the exact same stuff out there. So whether that was the offense, whether that was more of a pulled-back conservative approach to the offense, knowing, hey, losing is probably going to be better for us than winning, well, we may never know. I mean, maybe someday someone will come out and say, yeah, they weren't crazy about, they weren't really serious about winning those last two games. But I I, I don't know how you can bench him for two games and then go back and say, you're our guy. And I don't know why Russ would want to. I mean, he wants the money. If he stays with the Broncos, he gets to finish out his contract. If he can survive the next, well, the next month, essentially, or even into June, I suppose, um, He's going to get more money ultimately because he'll get to play out that contract. But right now, he, he still gets a lot of a lot of cash just to to leave. And then, does he go sign somewhere else? He's still saying he wants to win. He believes he's good for two more Super Bowls. He can win two more Super Bowls. He's only won one, and that was with an elite defense. I mean, one of the one of the famous defenses in our time. Angel, let's get to the good, the bad, the ugly. Presented by FMS Bank. Banking made simple. For more, go to fmsbank.com slash kfka and how about those denver nuggets they were down for uh, 60 61 to 47 they go on a 14-0 run at the end of the first half to tie the game at 61 and then out of the third quarter they go on a 14 to 4 run to start running away from the golden state warriors and the nuggets get the win 119 to 103 Nikola Jokic was special again. 32 points, 16 assists, 16 rebounds for the Joker, for the MVP. And his last three games, he's averaging a triple-double, certainly putting himself in the driver's seat for his third MVP award. And the Nuggets are chasing down that number one seat. They're number three now. They passed up the Clippers. So three in a row. Sacramento on Wednesday night. So, so far so good after the All-Star break. Love it. The bad is, well, UNC Bears, it was a heck of a game. It's hard to say it was this bad because you knew it was going to be tough. Eastern Washington is number one for a reason. The Bears end up losing that game 85-76. to It was close throughout. In fact, Eastern Washington was ice cold in the first seven, eight minutes of that, of that game. But you drop it. And now you got a little, a little interesting things going on in this conference. Eastern Washington twelve and three. Montana now moves up ten and five. The Bears are ten and five, so they're sitting at third in third place. And of course, the Bears split with Montana. Is that right? No, no, no. no. They beat them both times, so they ha- they should have the tiebreaker. I don't know why the standings are showing that, but the Bears should have the tiebreaker over Montana, so they can still control that top two spot if they win out. They have three games remaining. Weber State on the 29th on Thursday, and then Saturday at Idaho State 
And then next Monday, we'll have a Monday game. They'll be at Northern Arizona to finish up the regular season. The Bears are 17-11 and 11 overall in the season. The ugly, the road woes continue for the Colorado State Rams. They lost to UNLV 66-60. to 60. I had to go back and watch highlights of this game because I was at the Bears game on Saturday. Um, offense just struggling. Just going into these five-minute lapses where they just can't do anything. And this time... It was in the paint, too. And that's where they'd been able to, you know, score more when they're, when they're three-pointer, when their threes are struggling. Nico's saying, you know, lo- uh, like the three, love the paint. Well, they struggled in the paint, and they lost 66-60 to UNLV. Now they've lost three of their last four games. You know, they beat, they beat Utah State 75-55, and I thought, man, things are turning around for the Rams. They're going to get into dominant, dominate mode. Not the case, and they lose to New Mexico, lose to UNLV. You thought maybe they both of those games, they certainly had their opportunities. Next up for CSU, which is a good thing, they're home against Nevada, home against Wyoming, and then they're at Air Force to finish the season. So the Rams have now dropped to 33 in the latest AP poll right behind Nevada. Hmm. So tomorrow's game is pretty significant again for CSU. What a wild ride it is in the Mountain West, man! It's—I mean, you look at these look at these standings. They're all over the damn place. Now the Rams are done. Now they're not winning a regular season championship. Utah State's now ten and four in the conference. Boise State ten and four. San Diego State ten and five. I suppose. No, I don't even know if they could at this stage. You'd have to get into tie-breaking scenarios with with Utah State. So I would imagine that's gone. But again, the Mountain West Conference continues to be pretty wild for the most part. And it's, it's a tight race at the top, too. But the, the Rams now, these are the games you got to win. We said, okay, before the UNLV game, I kind of said, you need to go, f- don't you need to go three and one here? Three and one, you certainly can't, you certainly can't go 0 and 4. You can't go, I don't even think you can go 1 and 3. Are we still worried that, I mean, are we worried at all about CSU not getting in to March Mat? Surely they're getting in. Or is there still like, no, you need to, you need to win these next game, these next regular season games. And then you probably need to maybe win a game in the tournament. I mean, we, we could still be at that point. That dropping two in a row, dropping three out of your last four. Certainly puts you kind of back on, you know, not worried, but maybe a little nervous about Colorado State's chances of getting in. Games to pay attention to in the Mountain West tomorrow night, along with Nevada and CSU. I mean, really, these are all these games now you look at UNLV, Wyoming. No, not worry about that. Boise State, Air Force. Boise State should win that game. They're at Air Force. Utah State plays Fresno State. They should win that game. Utah State should win that game. Again, this is all shoulds. Fresno State looked awful over the weekend, though. Uh, San Jose State and San Diego State, the Aztecs should win that game, too. So the tough part for CSU is you got a lot of... You you don't control your own destiny, and a lot of these teams' paths are easing up a bit. Then we won't get back into action in the Mountain West until Friday. And again, it's Air Force-Utah State. I mean, Utah State... Just don't just don't trip over the line. You're winning the race now. Just don't trip over your own feet. 
and then Fresno State, Nevada. Saturday, you have New Mexico and Boise State, which is an interesting one. But if you're Utah State, you just got to take care of your next three games, and you're going to win the regular season title. So, interesting times. It's not the end of the world. UNC, I I think, still has a really good chance. I don't know, 50-50 that they can win the tournament? Because Weber State's kind of coming on, too, aren't they? They are. Um, I'd probably say it's Eastern Washington, UNC, and Weber State as their top three teams. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's the big sky, and you get in tournament play. Um, Idaho State beat Weber over the weekend. so Northern Arizona beat Eastern Washington last week. Uh, I know Eastern Washington, they still have to play the Montana schools. Um, So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting conference tournament for both of those Mountain West and Big Sky teams. All right. Yeah. So we've got that. Looking at the Big Sky, it's going to be tight. The Mount West, CSU, you gotta you got to win tomorrow. You got Again, they win at home. I think they're in. There's no problem there. You know, you, you take care of Moby Arena. You still need to beat Air Force. You're, you're a better team than that. We saw Air Force take this team to overtime, although it was actually the Rams had to make a miraculous comeback to get it to overtime to beat Air Force. So it's not all like, oh, don't worry about it. And I don't want to hear the Rams fans say, it's basketball. It's basketball. I know it's basketball. Do you want to achieve greatness? Or do you want to just go at the end of the season and shrug your shoulders and go, it's basketball. You're expecting March Madness trip here. So I think the pressure is on for CSU. Got to find a way to win tomorrow. It's been that way for the Rams since they started conference play. You know, win a couple, feel good, lose one or two on the road, and then it's back to, uh uh-oh, this game's serious. This is a big one. Then they've been able to answer that call they didn't answer that call this last time out, though, because that's what we've seen with CSU. They go on a weird, you know, after they beat New Mexico to start Mount West play, they lose to Utah State and they lose to Boise State, and you're going, oh, is this team as good as we thought? Well, then they beat Air Force and UNLV. Then they're on the road again, Nevada, Wyoming. Wyoming loss, sky is falling, Angel. Then they followed up, San Diego State, Fresno State, Boise State, San Jose State. Getting big wins there, especially against San Diego State and Boise State. Then you lose on the road to San Diego State. Rough game. Not thrilled about it. You bounce back and you smoke Utah State. So you've been, you kind of have been for the most part, when the pressure's on, you've been answering the call. Then you lose to New Mexico. You're better than UNLV. UNLV's not as bad as a lot of people think, but certainly a team CSU should beat. They didn't answer that call after the New, after the New Mexico game. So now it's back to... Got to beat Nevada. You don't want to have, you don't want to have a three-game losing streak going into your game against Wyoming and and four of your last losing four of your last five going up against Wyoming. You just you just don't. So pressure's on for uh, CSU tomorrow night. Dixon said, if it went down the way Russ said, the damage is done and it can't be repaired. Best to move on. Teams need to hit reset and not have the distraction anymore. Cut your losses. Take the hit. And move on. Certainly seems like that might be where a lot of Broncos people are going. Not that Dixon's a Broncos people, but he's going on the podcast tour now. I mean, he's going out rehashing this thing. And I'm not saying the Broncos were right in their ask because apparently they they weren't. You, you can't threaten that. 
But something changed that Monday because Sean Payton basically is like, hey, Russ, don't don't worry. That, that, forget all that. Pretend it never happened, okay? We asked. We we uh we put we put all of our we put all of our cards, put all of our chips in the middle of the table. I don't know, poker angel, all of our chips in the middle of the table, and you called our bluff. And okay, just forget it ever happened. And Russ is kind of like, dude, what you did was bad. And I'm also thinking of the league. I don't want to set a precedent that you know, it's okay to sign somebody to a to some kind of an injury clause where if they get hurt, you still owe them their guaranteed money. I don't want to I don't want to be the guy that made that okay. So I I actually get where Russ is coming from. I have no when I listen to him talk and all that stuff, I don't go, oh, "Man, good riddance." You know, he's not Broncos. I really don't feel that way. I'm strictly looking at the on the field performance and the word I've used all year is clunky. Are we ready to do clunky in 2024? I don't think so. All right, let's get back to it. Russ, let's hear his comments. Let's hear some of that podcast uh, with Brandon Marshall and some of his other points that he made about wanting to be in Denver. More on Russell Wilson coming up next. It's the whole show on a Monday. We're starting off coming out the gates hot. We'll be right back. Speed with the Rams with the Isaiah Stevens Show on Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. Hey, this is Ellison Hubbard, former CSU Ram, and you're listening to The Whole Show on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. And so we beat Green Bay, Kansas City. We beat them, and uh, as you mentioned, that's when, as you mentioned earlier, that's when I got that call, and I was like, I'm confused, what's going on? And I didn't believe it at first. I was like, this this can't be real. And I got that call that hey, we're going to bench you for the next nine games if you know you don't change your injury guarantee. So for me, but but be clear here, they it's it's not they don't want to bench you because of play. They're saying they're benching you because they want you to take out the injury guarantee. Yeah, they want they yeah they want to re- push back my injury guarantee and remove it for that rest of the year. So that way, if I get injured, that they don't have to pay it. But that's why, as a player, it doesn't even make sense to do that because you think of those Alex Smith moments, and then hell, you can even go back to college, like Willis McGahee, I believe it was, uh, at the U. One of his last games going into NFL, he tears everything in, or maybe it's Frank Gore, everything in their knee. I didn't want to set a, a precedent for players to remove their injury guarantees, too, as well. And so it, it, it was it was no way I was going to do that. And so when they said that we're, we're going to bench you, we're going to bench you, I said, all right, that, that's what you want to do. Bro, that's like extortion. Yeah. Uh, how, like, you got the NFL PA involved, attorneys involved, like, obviously. Well, like, I, I didn't want to, but then, then they kept saying it all the way throughout the week. So then, you know. My agent talked to the NFLPA. The NFLPA called me. They asked, you know, and then they they talked to the NFL. The NFL was like, "This can't, we can't. This is illegal. You can't do this." And so then, you know, all the way throughout Saturday, so I was just like sitting here. I didn't know if I was going to play the following week. We had Monday Night Football against the Buffalo Bills the following week. So I'm like, "Am I going to play? Am I not?" Like, so 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 like, so you got Russell Wilson in his camp, and then you got the Denver Broncos. Everybody looking at each other. Who's going to make the first move? You going to sign? You gonna take it? I, I wasn't going to do it. He I wasn't going to blink. No shot. I ain't taking my injury guarantee. But. So now I'm sitting there like, okay, well, we'll see what happens. So then the whole week, all the way, and I get back on Monday, I still don't know necessarily what's going to happen. 
And uh, on, that, on that Monday, that's when I meet with Sean. And Sean's like, hey, don't forget like nothing happened. We're just, you're going to play this week against Buffalo. we got a big game against Buffalo. you got to go win on Monday Night Football. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> okay, a couple of things, just a couple of quick notes here. Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk, who I think we can all say is a well-respected writer in the uh, pro football world, he writes this. When Russell Wilson on Marshall's podcast says that the Broncos wanted him to, quote, push back my injury guarantee and remove it for the rest of the year so that that way if I get injured, they don't have to pay it. Florio writes, the Broncos will cringe a little or a lot here because that's not what they wanted to do. They didn't want to take away his injury guarantees. They wanted to delay the date on which his injury guarantee would become full guarantees. You could say it's semantics, but they're basically asking, can we can we push that out a little bit so it's not whatever. You could still argue that they were asking Russell in some fashion to to waive, move, edit the contract that he signed. But it's not as bad as what maybe Russ is saying. Florio also writes, the, um, the quote doesn't help get player and team on the same page. Here's the other quote that Florio notes. Quote, I didn't want to set a precedent for players to remove their injury guarantees to as well. Florio writes, again, the Broncos didn't ask him to waive injury guarantees. Every time Wilson says the Broncos wanted him to remove injury guarantees, the Broncos quietly seethe at this a little bit. The other thing Florio mentions is that Wilson's claim that the NFL decided it was legal, which is or illegal, which is in that podcast. Um, that's another thing that's bothering the Broncos. Because for the Bron- according to Pro Football Talk, for the Broncos to ask Wilson to delay the vesting of his injury guarantees to fully full guarantee, the Broncos would say the NFL did no such thing. Because they asked, according to the Broncos, to delay the vesting of his injury guarantee to full guarantee. Not to say either waive the whole thing or you're not playing. So, and then of course the Broncos are saying, no, 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 no. The NFL never came at us and said what we asked was illegal. Why did you forget about it then Monday? Again, were you bluffing? We talked about that. Or was it, you don't want all the bad PR right now? Because maybe you can make a go of this thing. Maybe you could get into the playoffs. Maybe Russ and Sean Payton really figure this thing out. So that's the podcast portion, or that's the 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 guarantee, the whole fiasco that happened before the Buffalo Bills game. Russell Wilson now saying that, hey, I want to play in Denver. I want to be here. I want to stay here. I I don't think that podcast is the way to go about showing that. Your house is up for sale. He kind of waved that off and said, that doesn't mean what everybody makes it mean, says it means. I guess he can pull it off the market. Might as well get a head start. He's asking a lot for it, right? You and I might have to move some things around if we wanted to buy something like that, Angel. You know, don't cash that check until Thursday, all right? But yeah, that could take time and you could take the house, you could take it off the market if you stayed. But he's trying to get ahead of the game. Maybe that's a little gamesmanship by Russell Wilson. But, I mean, getting on there and talking about the pod, and again, when you when you read Florio's stuff, what Russ is doing is kind of damning to the Broncos. He's making it worse than it was. 
Now, some would again, some could argue that they still asked him to edit the injury guarantee. That wasn't right. But a, you don't know if you don't ask. Maybe he's willing to work with the Broncos. But what the way Russ is painting it is that it's illegal. The way Florio is painting it, at least according to the Broncos, is that no, what we were asking was not illegal. And we were not told that. And we weren't asking him to flat out waive the the injury clause. Um, Russell Wilson also said on the podcast, it's called I Am Athlete with Brandon Marshall. Quote, I got more fire than ever, honestly, especially over the past two years of what I've gone through. Whether it's in Denver or somewhere else, I hope it's in Denver. You know, I hope I get to finish there. I committed there. I wanted to be there. I want to be there. Marshall asked, you know, he went over the betting odds with Wilson regarding the next team that he'd be playing for. Russ said the odds, the better odds are Denver. I I would put Denver one because I'm there right now. He said, you know, I think you have to have the ability to compartmentalize. I think you have to have the ability to compartmentalize and say, listen, it's a business. Got to be also non-emotional about it, too. Well, Russ, I think you got that one. Got that one pegged, buddy. <laughs> just ask Mac, Max Crosby how emotional Russ is when he sacks him. He just goes, eh. <laughs> so I don't, like, yeah, you're doing a good job of compartmentalizing. We know that. You're good at that. You did it in the Super Bowl when you threw a pick to end it against the Patriots. And you were basically right at the end like, you know what? <sighs> yeah, happy. I'm happy. You Positive. Life's good. And I get it. The higher power thing comes into play, and I fully support that. But... Getting on the podcast circuit and doing this kind of thing sure doesn't paint a pretty picture of a Broncos-Russell Wilson you know, reconciliation here. Eastside Chris says, after listening to that podcast, Russ has definitely drove a stake in the relationship. I think most would agree that this is pretty much it. Uh, Dixon says, and how insulting is it to the to Broncos country that they really tried to say they went with Stidham because they needed a spark? Are you guys that dumb? That's not nice. That they think they can actually say that and you'll buy it. Well, nobody bought it. Nobody bought that Jarrett Stidham was the guy to give him a spark. We knew what it stemmed from. We also, if you didn't know what it stemmed from, because those stories started coming out in the midst of the benching, right? We also knew, in my mind, I went, oh, Jared Stidham will probably just fizzle out this year and you'll lose the next two games and you'll have a better draft pick. Well, you lost one of the two. So, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think anybody was buying that. Big Hub says, so, yeah, where's Russ going? I keep hearing Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's the name that keeps coming up. That, I mean, Atlanta was the name that came up for a little bit. So it's Pittsburgh and Atlanta. Or one report came out, was it Hasselback who came out and said he thinks he's going to be done. But after hearing that podcast, I don't think he thinks he's done. He wants to win two more Super Bowls, Angel. Two, Not one, two more. So is this more of a harboring or tough relationship with Russ in the front office or Russ and Sean Payton? I think it's tied in the, together. Because we're all thinking Sean Payton's really the one calling the shots over there. Well, to me, it sounds like the front office was trying to make some money moves, trying to move money around, and Sean Payton was like, all right, whatever, you can ask him, he's probably going to say no, I just need to make sure I have a quarterback to play, and then when it comes, and maybe they go to Sean and say, hey, 
it's not really going to work out. Russ is fine. Then he goes to Russ and says, hey, you're playing. So I, I think Russ and Sean like each other. Well, so why was, why was Russ, why in that, in that moment, that scenario you painted, why would Sean Payton then go, okay, it was coming out of the wire, you're not budging, that you called our bluff, you're playing against Buffalo? Because they were still in the playoff talk at that point. Mm-hmm. So why would you go with Russ? Instead of Jarrett Stidham, when what? Fast forward five weeks, you go, yeah, we need a spark. Jarrett Stidham's the guy. Maybe it's maybe we get to the playoffs, we can make Russ happy, we can revisit this contract stuff. Mm-hmm. Say, hey, we made it to the playoffs this year, we didn't really expect it, but hey, if you work on the contract, we can go get some players and make a real push next year. Although Sean expected it, right? At the beginning sure. of the season, he said he'd be disappointed if this, if this roster doesn't get in the playoffs. I know Sean wants to have control, yeah. but does he really want to get into the numbers and contracts and all that stuff? I have, uh, well, and that's the thing. That's why I think if George Payton ends up sticking around, that would be the reason. You're going to be the the financial. You're going to be the financial GM. You know, you're going to lean more there, not player personnel. I'm going to lean there, and then I'm going to go to you and say what makes sense. What can, what can you do? to mo- crunch some numbers and move things around. That's what I believe is really happening here, which is why George Payton, I truly feel, is why he is still there. Because this is... Sean Payton would rather have an, a dollars and cents guy than than him do it, and then he can focus more on player evaluation and personnel and all that stuff. Texter here, if they indeed said, we're going to bench you for the final nine games if you don't do X, that is completely illegal. That's basically a threat. Well, according to the Broncos, they're not saying... I mean, again, according to Florio, they're saying we asked him to delay his date on the injury guarantee. We asked him. Was it full-on a threat? Russ is saying it is. <laughs> this is over, man. Because if they're coming out saying that they didn't say it quite like that... But Russ is. How are you going to do this? How how is this going to work? But don't don't be mistaken here. Russ has had a sketchy pass with Seattle too, where he plays the nice guy up front, but in the back he is doing and saying things that are causing a riff between people. That that was an ESPN story that came out pretty much the day after the Broncos signed Russell Wilson to the extension. Was that Russ was. It's mad that Pete Carroll called him out to the at the podium, and he didn't have a lot of cell phone numbers of his teammates, and he was upset that Carroll went so conservative in the second half of the Giants game years ago because he wanted to be the MVP, and instead they just ran the ball primarily in the second half. So, I mean, and, and Sean Payton's got a sketchy pass, too. So, I I got to tell you, coming in to do the show today, I just... I'm more or less like grabbing the popcorn, sitting back, going, "Whose side am I even on?" Because it's all—it all sounds pretty, pretty ridiculous right now. So the best bet for both sides is to wash this thing clean and move on. Texter Russ is playing his poker hand perfectly. He knows he is going to be released, but is still saying, "I want to be here." He's almost laughing in their face. Yeah, but nobody believes him. I don't think anybody believes that crap. He said, Chris just said, hey, after listening to that, there's no way this is working. 45 minutes after the hour, let's jump out real quick and get the latest on the local sports flash. What's up, Hooligans? This is Zach Stevens with DNVR Broncos, and you're listening to The Whole Show on 1310 KFKA. 
Windy day today, colder day tomorrow. Lemons heating and cooling will make sure that your heater is in great working condition. But honestly, guys, I was out working in the yard this weekend, and I was thinking I was starting to work up a sweat. How nice that AC might feel. You know, it's our, we're getting into that weird time of year where it's going to be really nice one day. It's going to be snowing the next. Lemons heating and cooling. Let them be the guys that whether they need to fix something up, or you need a completely new system. They got free estimates available there. That's lemonsheatingandcooling.com. Now, I went back to this story from December. And this is, again, it's Mike Florio, which I think Mike Florio is good with Sean Payton. I think they're good with each other. This was when the story first came out. Was that the Bron- He said the Broncos did not ask Wilson to waive or to in any way sacrifice his existing injury guarantees. The Broncos simply wanted to delay the date on which the injury guarantees became full guarantees. Basically like, hey, we it is kind of like we got to move some things around. Can we pay you later? So this is what is was said in Pro Football Talk. Currently $37 million in 2025 base salary is guaranteed for injury. It transforms to a full guarantee on the fifth day of the 2024 league year. In March, the Broncos wanted to delay the date on which the money became fully guaranteed until 2025. So basically they said, according to Florio and the Broncos camp, we asked if you could just move the date. If you get hurt, can we pay you in 2025? And is that wrong? I mean, you want your money. If you get hurt, you want probably want your money for hospital bills. You don't want Russ... You know, washing windshields for for coins on the street. So if this is true, then the Broncos asked, I believe, that's a reasonable ask. But it's also reasonable for us to say no. If I get hurt, I want the money when I'm supposed to get it. The fifth day of the new, uh, of the 2024 league year. Rather than let's push this thing off another year. The Broncos continue to allow Wilson to start seven more games before benching him. And uh, there's so many things in this one. There's so many things in the weeds. Florio writes, the decision to bench him for the final two games of the 2023 season comes from a desire to ensure that he will be able to pass a physical before the $37 million in injury guarantees become full. If he's injured, they can't cut him before the money becomes fully guaranteed. But that wasn't necessarily what Sean Payton told everybody, was that they were looking for a spark in Jared Stidham. Just like the Broncos' offense this year, it's clunky. It sounds like front office is trying to move money around. Russ wants his money, which he's entitled to. And Sean Payton's kind of like, I just want to coach the team. Maybe. And, and maybe Sean Payton's When they innocent. come to Sean like, hey, the deal's not going to work out. Fine. We, don't, we, we just can't have Russ get hurt. Make something up. And it's, oh, mm. okay, we need a spark. Yeah, I'm sure that that was part of the thinking and the the part of the conversation at the end of the year. Um, Dixon says, "Isn't asking to move the date basically asking him to asking him to waive it? No, because he'd still get his money. Waive it is like it's just gone. But then, could you renegotiate it on the last two years of the deal? I don't know. Maybe because then if it's okay, we're gonna waive it, keep you on for a third year." But then after your third year, we're going to find a way to get you out of here. Well, they would probably have to ask him again. If he were to agree to that and move it to 2025, they'd, if they didn't want to pay it then, they could ask him again. And then he'd probably really say no at that point. But then you open up the risk of him getting hurt True. in the third year. Yes, you do. Um, 
Texter says he's going to get all of his money and get released and sign whatever he wants. Total win for Russ, a total loss for the Broncos. Broncos couldn't have played their hand any worse. Hard to disagree. We'll talk more Russell Wilson. Uh, my player of the week coming up next. You're not going to want to miss this. It's it's not an obvious answer at all. We'll be right back. Get your game day forecast with meteorologist Cody Wilson. Fridays and Good Morning No Co. Only on Northern Colorado's Voice. 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. This is Katie Wingy, your host, reporter, and analyst for the Denver Nuggets, and you're listening to the whole show on 1310 KFKA. We're going to talk about this guy a lot more in the next hour. But Angel, I honestly try to avoid making this guy my player of the week, but and the reason is because I like to give... Shout outs to our collegiate athletes and, you know, probably like the Rockies once in a while because heaven, heaven knows they're not going to get a lot of players of the week legitimately. So when they have a good game, I like to go there. So I actively try not to. But when you get a, ga- a three game stretch like this in a week, you got to go to the MVP, Nikola Jokic. This week's whole show player of the week. Yeah. Just a, I mean, come on. Come on, bro. He averaged 27 points, nearly 17 rebounds, and 15 assists in the last three games since the All-Star break. Wins over Washington, uh, Portland, and Golden State. So, yeah, man. We're going to go. We're going to go there. Nikola Jokic, absolute stud. And uh, I think he's on his way. Third MVP. I think it's coming up. Feels pretty good at this stage, huh? Second hour of the show coming up next. Top story of the day right around the corner.